Thank you, Kathleen. Well, hello to everybody that is online, whether you're with us uh, live right now on Facebook or YouTube or ccmonline.org, or maybe you're following along with us on our podcast later in the week. We're so grateful that you're taking a little bit of time uh, to sing and to hear the message and to pray and just uh, have community with us online today. Uh, If you haven't already done so, we'll be receiving communion uh, together in just a little bit. So you can go uh, into your kitchen or whatever is that you have uh, that's easiest to grab, whether it's bread or crackers and juice, uh, so that we can uh, celebrate uh, communion together. We just invite you to go ahead and grab that now and uh, to celebrate this first Sunday of 2022 together. Oh, all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. thinking that uh, I thought, well, now's my chance. There's hardly anyone up here in the worship team. I was going to break out the old 80s mullet, jump behind <laughs> jump behind the drums and start banging away. I just want you to know I'm not Jeff, and I'm certainly not Don. So I wanted to make sure that you met Jesus today and not ran from him. All right? I want to welcome you all into the new year uh, with love, life, healing, wisdom, kindness, and challenge. I also pray that no matter what this year brings, that you will continually be at peace knowing fully that God has everything under control. Always does. Hasn't left, hasn't left the curtain behind like the Wizard of Oz. He hasn't done that. That your relationship with God will allow you to have no fear but that you will put your trust totally in him, second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, and last but not least, breath by breath. Amen? I got a kind of a funny story before we get started. I just want to tell you guys 
how I ended up here today. Okay, um, Pastor Claire had texted Kathleen uh, about six weeks ago and uh, asked if we, I, choose what happens, right, <laughs> could preach sometime in the near future. And Kathleen sent back a text, something to the effect of, sure, we would love to. Let me check with Sean. What date do you have in mind? Okay. So now this past week, uh, Kathleen and I, we, uh, we went to the JW Marriott to get some rest. And uh, it just so happened that Pastor Clarence Scott uh, and I are sitting in the lobby on Wednesday and we're sipping coffee. We just had breakfast. Kathleen's upstairs resting, enjoying this time. And Claire says something to me or to out loud. She says, so how is the message coming for Sunday? And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the Grand River. And I'm sipping it. I'm thinking. So I look over at my brother because I'm thinking she's talking to him. <laughs> and they're both looking at me. And I look at him. I'm like. Are you serious? Are you joking? And she says, no. Yes, you're preaching. I'm serious. I specifically, I know Kathleen. She, I, I talked to her and, you know, yes, you're preaching. Now, I'm still thinking to myself, now wait a minute. I know my Kathleen, right? If we're supposed to be preaching, we're supposed to be preaching We'd both be upstairs, I'd be upstairs with her in a hotel room, going over our message. So all these thoughts just start coming into my mind. I'm thinking, oh Lord, help me. Oh Jesus, give me wisdom, a word. She says, do you know what you're preaching on? And all these thoughts are going through, I'm like, I start to panic a little bit, right? Then I'm thinking to myself, truly, I'm thinking to myself, this, this can't be happening, right? And I, and I know they're watching me, and they're still staring at me, and I'm thinking, okay, there's a problem. My mind starts to race, and I think, Lord, help me. It's like, now, if I were religious, right, I would think three days is not enough to get prepared for a message, especially because... I'm at the JW Marriott resting from this past year, right? My wife and I have plans to go to the spa. We're going to get our nails done and a massage, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is happening. And, and, and tomorrow is my grandson Ezra's birthday, right? This is what I'm thinking on Wednesday. And, you know, it, we kind of, as a family, we do, we do parties like, we, listen, we party. Right? So I'm thinking, wait a minute. And we move that. What happens in Ezra's birthday is we, we kind of move it into the New Year's. Like it rolls. He's, it rolls right into the New Year's ball drop. And it's like, we all do that together. And all these thoughts are keep coming through my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This, is, this can't be happening. Right? And then I'm thinking, no. Not all the bowl games. No, I can't do this, man. Right? It's like, are you serious? So, anyway, Scott and still, Scott and Claire are still staring at me. 
However, because I am a, in a life-love relationship with my pastors, my brother and my sister, and my wife, and especially my God, I say, yes, I will do it, no problem. What am I speaking on? What am I speaking on? What am I speaking on? All right, Claire says, good. And I said, what am I speaking on? I'm thinking, what am I speaking on? I'm thinking religion versus relationship, right? Makes sense. Religion versus relationship. Okay, religion versus relationship. So I say that. Anyway, she says, good. This is the scripture you're going to use, John 1, 1 through 14. Or you can choose whatever you want. And she finishes with a smile. Right? So I'm like, praise God. Long story short, I'm here today speaking. Thank God Claire said something about it to me on Wednesday because uh, the truth is, is that I would be out in the lobby doing security, saying hi to all you fine folks that came in today, and Don would be up here looking at Kathleen saying, where is Sean? So I'm glad she said something to, to me. It's a privilege to be here. Um, and in all fairness, it should be noted that my Kathleen found the text between the two of them, and there were no follow-up specific dates or topics. <laughs> Pastor Claire and Scott's grandson Ford, my great-nephew, actually was in the hospital at the time of the request. This, my dear friends, is what we call relationship. Amen? So, I would not want to do life in any form without relationship with God, my wife, my brother, my sister, Claire. I have such beautiful people in my life, there's no other way to live. Religion says, wait a minute. No, there is not enough time. I am certainly not going to miss the ball drop or the bowl games. And relationship says, yes, I will. And goes with the flow. So religion versus relationship. Religion is defined as a particular system of faith and worship. You can possess a system of faith or worship, but not completely be whole. It's only a part. If you think about it, it's only a part. Religion is only a part. Relationship is defined as the way in which two or more parts, concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected. So when I read these definitions, I begin to compare them, and I think, okay, let me see if I got this. I'm already, I'm still thinking about the bowl games. i got to be honest, when I'm going over the message, I'm thinking about bowl games. So you'll like the, the analogy I come up with. It says, okay, religion is like a pair of spikes on a uniform. However, relationship is like the entire uniform, the entire game with all the other players for the entire season, which leads to the winning of the championship. Relationship is more than one piece. It's the entire process, not just a piece of the process. I remember a very dear friend of ours, Kathleen and I, uh, his name was Pastor Leo Gotsich. God rest his soul, he's in heaven today. But he was the founder of National Association of Marriage Enhancement. And he once said to us, marriage is like a dance between partners. It is not one of the partners standing still in the corner like a wallflower. 
or one partner pulling or pushing the other in one direction or the other, stepping on each other's toes. He said it's not an arm wrestling match. So the beauty of marriage is a relationship is in the movements of its partners flowing back and forth in one accord across the dance floor together. Sometimes it's a waltz. Sometimes it's a rumba. It's a salsa. It's a swing or even a Charleston. Kathleen and I are both Irish, so I actually, my favorite is the river dance. Still thinking about that river I was missing, I guess. I don't know. I love the way Dr. Richard Rohr in his book, God is a Dance, explains or describes a trinity, mystery, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit's relationship. He describes it as a dance. In an article, Rohr introduces this powerful phenomenon of relationship while referring to the books written by Paul Young. He quotes Young with this, There was a time when pub brawls broke out over the Trinity. The idea that God exists as a being in community, three persons in a oneness of other-centered, self-giving love. If you've read The Shack, Crossroads, or Eve, you know that the Trinity is of central significance to me. This is Paul Young saying this. A, A reality about God that serves as a framework for relationship and love. According to Young, the Trinity is the foundation for relationship, love, and eternal life. Reading further, Rohr states the Blessed Trinity is supposed to be the central, even the paramount doctrine of the Christian belief system. And yet we're told, at least I was, as a young boy in Kansas, this is, this is Rohr saying this, that we shouldn't try to understand because it's a mystery. The Trinity is a mystery. The relationship is a mystery. The three-in-one God is a mystery. But I believe mystery isn't something that you cannot understand. Rather, it is something that you can endlessly understand. There is no point at which you can say, I've got it. Always and forever, mystery gets you. In the same way, you don't hold God in our pocket. We don't do that. Rather, God holds us. He knows our internal shape and deepest identity. When we describe God, we can only use similes, analogies, and metaphors. All theological language is an approximation, offered tentatively in holy awe. That's the best human language can achieve. We can say it's like, or it's similar to, But we can never say with absolute certainty it is, because we are in the realm of beyond, of transcendence, of mystery. We absolutely must maintain a fundamental humility before the great mystery. Otherwise, religion worships itself and its formulations instead of God. Rohr adds this, the very mystical Cappadocian fathers of the 4th century Eastern Turkey, he reels off these names that are just really hard for me to pronounce, so I'm not going to say it. But eventually, these three guys developed some highly sophisticated thinking on what we soon called the Trinity. 
Three centuries of reflection on the Gospels to have the courage to say it, but they circled it around to the best metaphor they could find, and the Greek word they daringly came up with was perichoresis, or circle dance. Whatever is going on in God is a flow, a radical relatedness, a perfect communion between three, a circle of love, a circle of dance of love. God is absolute friendship. God is not just the dancer. God is the dance. Dr. Rohr further states, and this is, a, this is my favorite part, and emphasizes this profound point. Now the sciences of quantum physics and cosmology are affirming that the Trinitarian institution, that the foundational nature of reality is relational. Everything is in relationship with everything. Wow. When I read Rohr's stuff, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I have to read it three, four times, maybe several times, right? So, you know, I can barely say quantum physics, right? And I spent most of my career in forensic science, which is similar, but it's not, right? It's a, it's a whole different dimensional of, of thinking. So I go right to the dictionaries because I'm thinking quantum physics. Jeez, what is that? What is quantum physics, right? And so I start reading, and it's like trying to watch grass grow. Do you understand what I mean? Like, like, more, like, like moss forming on a rock. Like I, I'm like, I'm reading this stuff, and all of a sudden this drool just starts coming out of my mouth. I'm like, quantum physics, quantum physics, quantum physics, right? So I said, oh, yes, I come across the simpleton thing. So I find this book called The Specifics of Quantum Physics. It's about 600 pages long. I read it in about 10 minutes. That was a joke. Quantum physics is a study of matter and energy at the most fundamental level. It aims to uncover the properties and behaviors of the very building blocks of nature. Quantum physics allows for particles to be in two states at the same time. Now you're talking my language. Two states at the same time. So I start thinking, ah, I'm starting to get this stuff. It's kind of like Jesus walking through the wall in the upper room. And he looks at Thomas and he says, look at my holes. Touch them. And he confirms that he heard Thomas when he wasn't there physically, but he was there spiritually. He saw the whole thing. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. So he walks right through this wall physically. Then it's like, wow. So he was like, kind of like two substances at once. It's kind of like the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's like, man. So I go on a little further, right? And I start to read some more of this quantum physics stuff. I'm starting to get into this, right? Forget the bowl games. And I'm like, superposition and entanglement. Superposition is a term used to describe an object as a combination of multiple possible states at the same time. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Right? 
A superposed object is is analogous to a ripple on the surface of a pond that is a combination of two waves overlapping. Now, most of the engineers in here probably understand this stuff. And I got one right behind me. And, of course, he plays the violin, which is the hardest instrument to play in the whole world. So he's a pretty sharp guy over here. He understands what I'm trying to say here. So if you have any questions after the service, you can ask ask Kevin. In a mathematical sense, an object in superposition can be represented by an equation that has more than one solution or outcome. Hmm. God. The Godhead. Entanglement. Now, this is beautiful. I don't know if you're getting it, but I'm getting it. Right? This is a phenomenon that occurs when two or more objects are connected in such a way that they can be thought of as a single system. Even if they're very far apart, the state of one object in that system can't be fully described without information on the state of the other object. Likewise, learning information about one object automatically tells you something about the other, and vice versa. I'm like, ah, relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Relationship. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's like, hmm, I'm starting to get this stuff. John 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Now that you know quantum physics, you're going to understand the Scripture better. It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believe in him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human, and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So I want to go back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It is through Jesus Christ that all things were created. And it was God's way of choosing how to show us who he was through a human being. And when you begin to think about what God has given us, it is incredible. It causes me, and my hope is that it causes you to yearn to meet the Creator, the gift of life, the giver of life, where life is only possessed within Him. He is life. Genesis 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, And God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. The image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Then the Lord 
God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life. You know, there are some versions of the Bible that say His Spirit was breathed into us. Either way, we came to life formed from clay. So every breath that's in your body, right? Great are you, Lord. Don singing it with, the, with, with our team. It's like every breath is a gift that God has given us. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. Further in Genesis 3.8, we read that God creates us to be in relationship with us in the garden. If you read it. And it's like every breath that God has given us, it came from Him. I didn't do anything to earn my breath. I didn't say, okay, I'm going to create myself. Or I'm going to create Kathleen. It's like God so loves us. And I think if we could just really understand that we would, we would use our breaths better. Do you understand what I mean? We would, we would expound on that gift. We would breathe deeper. We probably would enjoy that breath a little more. And then we would share that breath in a way that is giving life to one another. You know, God does say, He does say, I want my breath back. 100%. We all pass away. We all leave this state and we go into another state. And so we don't have any way of controlling that. We get so many breaths, so many heartbeats, and then God asks us to give it back. It's, it's while we're alive here on earth that we have control or the choice as to where we spend eternity. We will decide based on faith and desire of relationship whether we want to be with God or all He has for us in the, in the end, all He has for us in the eternal world. It starts today. What He has for us in heaven is right here today. It's relationship. It's love. It's caring. It's giving. It's giving your breath for someone else. Or we can choose to live eternally outside of love and light. I've had the profound uh, privilege at, at some times to... Um, and difficult ones to perform funerals. Uh, did one a couple weeks ago, a good friend of mine. And uh, Dr. Dawson, good man. And it's, it's, a, it's a privilege when a person that you're talking about or eulogizing has this deep, incredible relationship with Christ. It's just, it's a privilege. It's easy. I, 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 it's hard to describe, but it, it just flows, right? And, and then there are others. And I'm just going to be honest. The best way I can explain it is I'm not sure, right? And those that are attending the funeral, truly, they're just not sure. And, and thank God that those who know the individually closely are not the judge. Because I've had conversations where they've, people have even said, I, there's no way that guy made it to heaven. And it's like, thank God for Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ because it is God who saves us. It is Jesus' gift of life to us. Amen? So true.
But my point being this, it's God's breath in our lungs that is a gift. And the question is, what are we going to do with it while it's still in us? What are we going to do with it? You know, uh, are we going to spend 2022 in fear of this pandemic or the next pandemic or its derivative? Right? I, you know, understanding the process, my son left this earth in 2009 to a pandemic. H1N1, pneumonia. And, and we're going to pursue every day like it's our last breath, like it's our last year here. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to relate with everybody I can. I'm going to make the most of it. And so my question to you is, to start the year, what are you going to do, what are you going to do with, with it, the year? What are you going to do in the year of 2022 with the breath that God gives you? That's my slogan. What are you going to do for people? What are you going to do for yourself? What are you going to do what, in the will of God? And it might cost you a few bowl games. It might cost you something. I mean, relationship costs. You're going to have to open up your heart. That's scary. But God will heal you. He heals your broken heart. I'm here to tell you so that you don't have to be afraid when you have to make yourself vulnerable. I know it's easy to be sad and harder to do. I do. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. The Son of is the image. The Son of God is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. That's what I just said. All things are held together by Him. He will heal you. He will bless you. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything He might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through him to recognize uh, to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on a cross Romans 8 I am absolutely sure that not even death or life can separate us from God's love not even angels or demons the present or the future or any powers can separate us not even the highest places or the lowest ones or anything else in all creation can separate us, nothing at all can ever separate us from God's love. That's because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done. So then, if you wonder whether or not God loves you, that is a done deal. It is not subjective. It's not conditional. It doesn't have conditions. You, you, you don't have to stay off the naughty list or the nice list. You don't have to be on it. It's like the blood of Jesus. God loves us. He's proven it. The only subjective part of this relationship is me and you. That's it. Will we choose 
to receive God's love for us and trust him and believe? Do we choose to do the dance with him in this world? That's the only subjective part of this. And I wanted to present it to you. I I would not start out the year right without saying in relationship. And I spent a lot more time on relationship because that's what it's all about. It's not about religion. It's just not. God proved it. Where two or more are gathered in his name, there is he in the midst of them. It's like you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the power of love. You have the power of peace. You have the power of kindness, gentleness, long-suffering. And God will give you whatever you need at the time. I want to pray for you. It is God that all relationships exist. And if you seek them, you'll find them. Revelation 1.8 I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. When you read those scriptures, that basic quantum physics teaching that I gave you should help you understand (laughs) what he says in that. It's like anything is possible with God. Anything is possible. So may God abundantly bless you this upcoming year. May you not fear. May you not fear. Jesus said, do not fear. But may you walk into 2022 with a spirit of love and relationship that you will trust him first and that you will be the light in a world that needs relationship, needs love, needs grace, needs forgiveness. It needs the dance. So I pray for your families this year. I pray that you make every breath in your body count, that it counts for the kingdom and for you. Because I can assure you that if it counts for the kingdom, it counts for you. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy New Year. Enjoy the national championship because I'm going to. Amen. Go dogs. I will say that. Go dogs.
everybody. See you next Sunday.